Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Why do I say for the Lord himself? Because some people misconstrued the fear of the Lord with hell. They only construed the fear of the Lord like, I don't want to go to hell. How about, how about the fear of the Lord of the Lord himself? Forget about just the whole, the whole hell reality. How about the majesty of the Lord? We've lost, we, we've equate the fear of the Lord as I'm afraid to go to hell versus, versus the fear of the Lord that the Bible says in John and in Luke says, don't fear him that could kill the body. Now, this, now this is tripped out because this is New Testament. F- Jesus said, in the New Testament, fear him who could destroy body and soul and still put that person into hell. That is the, what, Jesus, all loving, juicy, nice, Jesus said that? that I, I rebuke that. That is not the Lord. It was the Lord himself who said, you want to fear something? No, notice this. He didn't say fear hell. He said fear the one who could put that person in there. We have lost the glory and the seriousness and the sobriety of the presence and the glory of the God in our life. How would you live your life? If the Ark of the Covenant, God, was in your house. Think about this. How would you live if the Ark of the Covenant of God was in a side room and you knew all of the things that it represented? How would you live your life? How would you talk? How would you, uh, can I be honest with me? At least in my house, I will be be probably the most perfect person in my house that I could ever try to be. I'm not trying to say about perfection or duty. What I'm saying is the heart posture of the presence of the glory of God in the church no longer has has what it really has. Uzzah started off in awe and in wonder and ended up in it's no big deal. I wonder how many Christians today sitting in this congregation saying, well, you know, it's the presence of God. Can, Can I just be real with you? It's just a little sex before marriage. It's not, you know, God's going to forgive me. Oh, come on, I'm going to this side because no, this side is, is a little dead. It, it, it's, just, it's, just, it's, just a li- it's just a little bit of nudity that I'm watching in the movies. I mean, it's not, it's not really that big of a deal. Come on, you're just being legalistic, Pastor George. He touched the ark and he died because he was used to seeing the ark for 20 years in his eyes. Ooh, I want to say something. You know the people are most dangerous, the people that have brought up in church. Everything around us is Christian. Everything around us, we're used to it. We're used to being in a Christian home. That's what we do in our house. We don't watch that. We don't watch this. And then we be just become casual because it's just the right thing to do. And we gossip without restraint. Yeah, let that hit you. We backbite without restraint. We have unforgiveness without restraint. No fear, no fear of, of anything that's happening in our life or, or the, the fact that we're, we're wounding uh, the Lord in, the, in, in that area. Listen, no, so we, we gossip, we backbite, we get bitter, we get offended, and it's just all part of our Christian life. It's just, it's just that's how it is, you know, this, and we become casual. There's no fear of the Lord for the presence of God anymore. You know what, 20 years before this, you know what happened 20 years before this? And I'm not going to say it because of time. 20 years before this, the Philistines got casual with the ark and they suffered. Watch this. 20 years before this, when, the, when well, I told you that they captured the ark, you know what they did with the ark? You know what they do? You, you, you know what one of the things that the, the Philistine army did with the ark? They put it by, 
this is prophetic. They put the ark right next to their, God, their idol god called Dagon. So, so, so here's the ark, and in the temple of their false god was Dagon really high. Now Dagon was, watch this, it was half man and half fish. That's what the symbol was. Oh, this is, this is the revelation I'm going to give you, right? So they put the ark, they got, watch this, casual. Everybody say casual. With the ark of God, they put it next to this idol. By the way, anytime the presence, the true presence and the glory of God sits next to your idols, all of your idols will start tumbling down. That's a sign, right? So the next morning, the dudes come up and the Philistine people were like, hey, let me just check on this ark thing. And, and they saw Dagon bow down before the ark. No one moved it. The Lord did that. So they said, oh, there must have been a mistake. You know, we, we must have we must have put the Dagon, you know, kind of loose up there. Yeah, <laughs> our God is a little loose up there. So let's just put, let's put him back up there. Let's put our Dagon God back up there. So the next day they come back, and this time the, the Dagon God, the Dagon <laughs> idol, his head got chopped off, and his arms got chopped off, and only his torso was before the ark. Now, now watch, now w watch this, watch this. The Lord gave me a revelation. The Lord gave me a revelation. Half man, half fish. That was the God of Dagon, and it got judged before the presence of the Lord. Are you ready for this revelation? Watch what the Lord showed me. In our Christian culture, what is the fish symbolic for? Uh, 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 Christianity, Christians, you see the bumper sticker of the fish and people, and that shows that they're believers in God. Man is symbolic for the ways of the flesh, the ways of the world, right? So watch this. It was a God that justified the ways of the world and the ways of God all at the same time, and it got judged by a holy God. What is that saying to you to me today? Prophetically speaking, Dagon is the half Christian, half worldly lifestyle that the Bible calls calls lukewarm Christianity. Now watch this. In his mercy, God loves you so much that he wants to deal with lukewarm Christianity now so that you will have to deal with it in the day of judgment. You better thank God God is dealing with your lukewarm ways right now. Because if you don't have him deal with you right now, he'll spit you out. Lukewarm. Listen, half fish, God, Christian, half man. And God says, that's not going to stand in my presence. God wants all of you. Listen, listen, listen. Put that slide up there. Put that slide up there. Put that slide. The Lord is going to deal with his church now. Everybody say now. For its casual and lukewarm ways so that his people can be spared in the day of judgment. I, you know, I used to tell people all, all the time when I was a youth pastor, you, you may not like me now, but you're going to like me in heaven. Right? You, you may not like the rebuke now, but I'm trying to spare you something on the day of judgment. We don't even have an urgency for the Lord's coming anymore, most of us. We don't even have an emergency. We don't even have the fear of the Lord that one day we're going to stand before a holy God. I fear and tremble when I think about that. There's a million Georges in the world, but when they say, when he says George, and it's me, everything in me knows that it's going to be me. And I'm going to have to stand before the Lord. Can I say something? Every Christian, we will stand before the Lord. 
and the judgment seat of Christ. The great white throne judgment is for the unbelievers, but the judgment seat of Christ, you can't escape that. And let me say something to you. His words on that day will always and always, always be true. There is not 1% of him maybe missing the mark. Because we have become accustomed. Can I, I'm just going to say like I feel the Holy Spirit saying. We have been accustomed to gradually and casually sinning and not calling it sin, just calling it a weakness. And so we, we say that's just my weakness. Uh, this is not a message of condemnation. It's a message of restoring the awe of the Lord to quick obedience and stop being casual with our words. Stop being casual with our lips. Stop being casual with what you say. Stop being casual about what you watch. Stop being casual with your secrets. I'm going to do a series one day called Secrets. Because I guarantee you everyone in this room has, this is sad, right? Most of the people in this room have a secret that not even your spouse may know. That that hits you. Some of us, if we're not careful, we thought that that's okay. It's just something that just me and the devil and God know. Not even my wife knows. Not, only, not even my husband knows. Those are the things that we need to stop being casual about. And say, God, I'll need to come clean with you. What happened in time was David began to understand, wait a minute. The ark was never supposed to be carried on a cart. It was never supposed to be carried. The presence and the glory of God was never supposed to be carried by animals. It was supposed to be carried by Levites and priests. Levites who minister before the Lord. Their sole duty was to minister before the Lord in worship and in service in the temple. They said, those are the people that I have called to. Listen, in the Old Testament, we stewarded the presence of God on our shoulders. Today, we steward the presence of God in our hearts. We steward the glory and presence of God in our hearts. And we have not been really good stewards of the presence of God. Why? Because he's always there. He's always at church. He's always in our home. He's always, and, and, you know, I always think about this. How would you act while you're arguing and you're cursing or, or, you're, or, you're, or you're talking so much about your leader and your pastor and all that? What if Jesus, what if you had a vision that while you're saying, man, I just can't stand Pastor George and that church and all that stuff that goes on there. And Jesus is just appearing right next to you while you're talking about that. How, would you continue talking? Then, th then why do we continue talking? Because if you realize that Jesus is truly still there, he no longer is in a box. He's no longer in a box of gold with a casio wood. He's in the temple of every believer. I'll never forget one day I was, I had the fear of the Lord in me. Because uh, I was about to confront someone, uh, this is years ago, that needed confronting. They needed confronting. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, listen to me, listen to me. He said, watch how you talk to this person. They're my bride too. I mean, I had the fear of the Lord because I was about to let them have it. You know, sometimes we just need to let them have it. And he said, he said, watch how you speak to them. Like, I'll never forget that. Look at this. Look at, look, look at how the ark was supposed to be carried. Are you getting something this morning? First Chronicles, my spirit is shaking here. First Chronicles 15, 1 through 2, and then 12 through 15. Look at it in your Bibles and look it up here in your, in your screen. 
David now built several buildings for himself and the city of David. He also prepared a place for the ark of God and set up a special tent for it. Then he commanded, no one except the Levites may carry the ark. Oh, I'm going to make you shout in a second. The Lord has chosen them to carry the ark of the Lord and to serve him forever. He said to them, you are the leaders of the Levite family. You must, watch this, this is to hold the ark. You must purify yourself and all your fellow Levites so you can bring the ark of the Lord of God of Israel to the place I have prepared it. Because you Levites did not carry it the first time the right way, the anger of the Lord, he's talking about Uzzah, burst out against us. We fail to ask God how to move the ark properly. So the priest and the Levites, they purified themselves. Say purify themselves. In order to bring the ark of the Lord, the God of Israel, to Jerusalem. Then the Levites carry the ark of God on their shoulders with its carrying poles, just as the Lord commanded Moses. Can I hear an amen? Now look at this next point. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we are all spiritual Levites. Thank you for that one amen right there. Because of what Jesus did on the cross, we are all spiritual priests and kings, and we are all spiritual Levites unto the Lord. This is a beautiful, listen, this is a beautiful reality. Guys, if you're bored with this message, my goodness, I'm talking about restoring the awe and wonder of your attention, of your devotion with God, and some of us are still bored. Some of us are not even moved at all. What happened to the awe of God and the wonder of God in our lives that produces obedience? Look at what, look at what uh, First Peter says. It says, watch this, verse 5 and 9. Say you, say me, say me. You also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house, watch this, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Now, what did the Levites do? What did the Levites do? They offered sacrifices to God. Now, Peter's saying, you're a spiritual Levite in a sense. You're offering spiritual sacrifices to God. Now, watch this. I'm almost done. Watch this. But you, everybody say me, are a chosen generation. Watch this. A royal priesthood. This is the New Testament. A holy nation, his own special people that you proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Do you want to know how you get the presence of God strong in your life? I'm going to give you a, a clue, and then I'm going to have the worship team come up. It is possible to attract or repel the presence of God in your life. Here's a clue. Here's a clue. Based on your lifestyle. So watch this. Your lifestyle could be a magnet that draws the presence of God to you or a magnet that repels the presence of God away from you. I don't have time, but we talked about the dove and the, and, and the raven. One of, my, one of my messages that has to do with this same principle, right? Do you know that your lifestyle can attract, lifestyles, your, your way of living, okay, can attract the presence of God stronger in your life or it could repel it based on our lifestyle. Look at that. Did you put that uh, screen up there? Put that point. We can attract or repel the presence of the Lord based on how we honor or dishonor him with our lifestyle. So I want the worship team to come up here. I want the worship team, all, all of our worship team. I, I, I really have just one more scripture left. 
How many are re-examining the fact that possibly you and I have become casual with our Christianity? Casual with the glory and the presence of God. Casual with our obedience. Casual with our words. Have we become casual Christians? Remember, the lack of the fear of the Lord will produce a secret lifestyle. That means that you're okay with having secrets. If you're okay with having secrets, you become very casual with the Lord. Now watch. This is the beautiful thing. I'm going to have the worship team come up here because I really only have just two more points. You know the beautiful thing about Levites, guys? Look at me. Close in here. Focus on what I'm about to say. The Lord loved the Levites so much that he said something special to them. Remember, we are all spiritual Levites. That means our responsibility is to minister before the Lord, to burn before the Lord, to stand before the Lord, to serve the Lord with all of our hearts. This is not relegated to pastors and leaders and fivefold ministry. It's relegated to all of you. It's relegated to all of you and how we have become casual with the things of God. Now watch this. The Bible says that the Levites had no inheritance or property given to them. This is beautiful. You say, what? That's mean. Everybody else had to have properties and buildings and houses, but not the Levites. They were not allowed to have inheritance. You know why? Because the Bible says, I will be their inheritance. I, I will be. Th- now, now, think about it. That sounds really spiritual, right? But the Levites were totally okay with that. I bet you 90% of Christians would be like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That is not fair. What do you mean I get God and no? Yeah, I get God, but God is here all the time. He's here with me all the time. Let me have a little bit of me. Like, I, I want some property too. I want some housing too. I deserve that. It's a principle here. God says, they're going to be completely satisfied with only me. Now, I know. Listen, listen. There's a balance. I understand that there's other dynamics in life that we need. But what I'm trying to tell you is this. To the Levites, they didn't kick back and say, I want my property too. I, that's not fair. I'm, I'm busting my butt in the temple working for you. You know what the Bible says the Levites had? If you keep reading in Deuteronomy, all of Deuteronomy, it says the portion of the gifts, the Levites would be able to, to get the portion of the gifts given to the temple. The Levites were also giving a portion of what to eat. The Levites were taken care of by the Lord himself. Watch this. Watch this is the last scripture. Deuteronomy 10. Look at this. This is beautiful. Verse 8 and 9. And then I'm going to close. Look at this. Are you there? Say amen. At that time, the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the ark of the Lord's covenant and to stand before the Lord as his ministers, Levites. Listen. And to pronounce blessings in his name. That's you. These are their duties to this day. Watch this. This is why the Levites have no share of property. They have no share of property or possessions of land among all the other Israel tribes. For the Lord himself is their special possession. As the Lord, your God, told them. You know what the Levites didn't do like some American Christians do? That is not fair, God. Why do we get only you and no property? Why do every other Israelites have property and we don't? They were like, everything that I am 
belongs to the Lord. And, and the Lord is my property. The Lord is my inheritance. And I'm super content with him taking care of all of my needs. I wonder why some of us have so much cares of the world because we're not caring enough for the Lord. You have no care in the world. That's fine. You guys get houses. Every day I'm in the temple and I'm feeling the presence and the glory of God. While you guys are out there, I'm in here and I'm cleaning this showbread and I'm and I'm, and I'm making sure the candlesticks are good. And I'm making sure the altar and the labor is awesome. And I'm, and I'm coming and I'm worshiping God. Every time I get close, I feel the glory and the majesty of God. And I weep with God. I don't need anything else. My question to you today is, have you slowly become like Uzzah? Have you slowly lost that wonder? Stop crying and weeping for the things of God that hurt his heart. Have you stopped weeping at the presence of God when he's right there? And he's touching someone right next to you, and you're as dead as a doornail. This is not a, I know this is a tough message, but I'm just trying to, I'm trying to help you not to be satisfied with that. Nor, nor convince yourself that you're this really bad person, and that's why you're not feeling the presence of God. Could it be, please hear me, could it be, it's not that you're a bad person. Could it be that your hunger level is so low that you barely have time to get back into the things and the presence and the glory of God? Could it be, just, just listen, instead of, instead of blaming God or the preacher for, for all this happening in your life, could it be that you're actually compromising in your life and you're okay, you become casual? then guess what? You're going to reap your own consequences. I remember a young person years ago told me, Pastor George, I no longer feel the presence of God anymore. I no longer feel the conviction of God anymore. I no longer, I no longer, uh, I know he's good and I know he's there, but I no longer feel the fire. And I looked at this person and I said, okay, let's backtrack. We're going to find the answer. I said, I, without even knowing you, I'm going to find the answer. I said, what was in your life? that was happening in your life when you were on fire for God. Let's backtrack. They said, okay. I said, tell me some of the things that were in your life when you felt the closest to God. This person said, well, I had time to spend with God, but now I have two jobs. And I get that. I get that. Ultimately, we have to make a choice. I said, okay, what else? Well, I used to go to a discipleship, discipleship, but uh, I stopped going, so I don't have uh, discipleship or close community anymore. I've lost community and he said, uh, I stopped reading the word every day, but I read it every now and then, right? I don't pray as much as I used to, but I still pray, right? I said, so you just answered your question. When you used to be on fire, it wasn't some magical thing, because you actually didn't compromise like you're compromising now. You're actually reading the word. You were not okay with sin, but you're kind of okay with it now. Do you realize what I'm saying to you? is some of you just do not get what I'm trying to say. Some of you are saying, I'm going to do me. Guess what? Uzzah said the same thing. He said, I'm going to do me. The ark is right there. It's been there for 20 years. I'm just going to do me. When I come back, he's going to be there. 
And some of us think, I can just do anything I want and God's still always going to be there. Have you become like Uzzah and gradually become casual with the glory and presence of God? Have you become casual with your lifestyle? Remember, you could attract or repel the presence of God based on your lifestyle. Now here's, here's the thing that I'm going to close with. Coming to church is great, but that's not your lifestyle. That's a degree that's a very small degree of your lifestyle. You could go to church and your lifestyle be totally opposite than when, what church is all about. Your lifestyle is what you do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you have secrets, that means you're not honoring God in your lifestyle. Have you become like Uzzah? Have you slowly been getting familiar with God? I want everyone to stand up and close your eyes. I want you to hear this. We're going to pray. Oh, I'm doing good in time. Thank you, Jesus. Close your eyes. I want you to listen to this. Have you slowly lost the awe and the wonder of the presence of the Lord in your life? Have you lost the urgency that you had when you were first giving your life to the Lord? Do you, have you lost your urgency for the conviction of the Lord? Have you lost your urgency for the coming of the Lord? Have you lost your urgency for unsaved people? Have we become casual with our sin? Casual with our secrets? Casual with our lips? God says you could, you could change it. You don't have to end up like what happened with Uzzah. His family had to learn a hard lesson for being casual. Lastly, have you become casual with the Lord because you grew up in a Christian home and everything, the atmosphere is already set there for you because you come to church or your friends and family are Christian. I want you to examine your hearts right now. I know this is not a shouting message, but it's a sobering message. I thought long and hard before I preached this message, but I felt like I need to call the church back to a wonder and an awe and a respect and the fear of the Lord for the presence of God. Some of us have become like Uzzah. In other words, we've had Christian surroundings for the last 15 years, 20 years. But that doesn't make you on fire for God. Listen to what I'm saying. Being around the fire doesn't make you on fire. Let's say that again. Being around the fire does not make you on fire. We become used to the presence of God. Let's close our eyes. Father, I ask that you would speak to everyone in here. There's two things I feel before we close is this. Have we become casual in our walk? And I, I understand probably nobody in our church is going to admit that. But I'll just let the Holy Spirit deal with you on that. Have we become casual? in our conviction, and we've been casual in our spending time with the Lord? Do we have secrets and compromise that we're justifying? And number two, this is what I felt. I feel that there's some of you that you need to have a renewed urgency in your heart. Like there's a renewed, God wants to renew an urgency about the Lord, about His coming, an urgency about the state of worldly people that we just casually walk by. And you've lost that urgency, and God wants to restore that. We're going to worship.
for the next couple minutes. And I want the Lord to have this message sink into you as Christina worships. And then I'm going to call for prayer and then we're going to dismiss. I just want this message to speak to you. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.